0: She'd seen her father's death. Marnie Whitlock curled into a ball on the small twin bed and whimpered as pain shot through her body at the movement. The brutal heat of the day had carried into night, and there was no air conditioning in the small two-bedroom house she'd lived in her entire life. The old wooden window in her room was swollen with age, but she'd managed to raise it a few precious inches earlier that day. The breeze barely stirred the worn Priscilla's hanging from the curtain rod. She shivered under the thin, nubby sheet as fever crept through her body. She couldn't remember ever hurting as badly as she did in that moment. In one year and three days, she'd taste freedom. She'd pack her bags and never set foot in Surrender, Montana again. Innocence was such a fragile thing. She hadn't been innocent since the age of four. Since the first time he'd taken the tanned leather belt he wore like a religion around his waist and beat her bloody. Her mother had stood by helpless, wringing her hands and wondering if her turn was coming. But she never interfered or tried to protect her daughter from the vicious arcs of the belt. Even at four years old, Marnie knew she'd done wrong. Daddy said she had the devil inside of her. And Mama always told her to watch what she said. It was her own fault she got the beating. Daddy didn't like hearing about it when she saw things that weren't right in front of her own eyes. And she'd been sassy on top of it, because she'd asked how come there weren't any presents under the little Christmas tree someone had given them. My friend Darcy has lots of presents under her Christmas tree. How come we don't have any? You've got all that money just sitting in your glove box. You're supposed to provide. Mrs. Beasley said it's a man's duty to provide for his family. And Mama had to put back all those groceries when we were at the store yesterday because she didn't have enough money. Marnie, her mama whispered appalled. She looked back and forth between her child and her husband. We've got what we need. Don't sass your daddy. How do you know about the money in the glove box, Marnie? Daddy asked. His voice was real soft, gentle even. He sat in the second hand recliner and kept his eyes on the television. Marnie looked at her mama, but she had her head down, focused on the dishes she was washing in the sink. But Marnie could see her hands were shaking. I saw it, Marnie said, clutching her nightgown with her fist. You went outside and saw it in my truck? She hesitated in answering. And he turned his head to look at her. Frigid blue eyes the color of a lake in winter. You were snooping through my truck, he asked a different way. I just saw it, she said softly, her heart thudding in her chest. Like in a dream. Her daddy was scary, but when he looked at her like that, he was the scariest. She felt warmth dribble down her legs and to the floor as her bladder released. No one moved. He stood up slowly and towered over her, and she heard her mother's whimper from the kitchen as she continued with the dishes. What else did you see? I, I don't know, she stuttered out. You were just playing cards, and then you took all the money and put it in the glove box. You drove into town and that lady was waiting for you on the steps. How come you kissed her, but you never kiss Mama? That was the last question she asked, before his belt swished through the loops. A long hiss and slither, and then the lightning crack of the whip as the belt landed across the middle of her back. No, Daddy hadn't liked her saying those things at all.